0: Welcome to the Jack and John podcast.
1: I'm Jack.
0: And I'm John.
1: And we're on a mission
0: to help you focus on Christ. All right. Well, guys, we had to breathe a little bit after the last one because it was such heavy, heavy stuff. Um, but you know what? Everything is heavy, yeah, really, if you think about it, because yeah. uh, Jesus did everything with intention.
1: There's and, always these responses, both right, positive and negative. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and Jack and I were talking. Uh, I can't wait, honestly, to get to heaven and hear all the stories that, that didn't. Aren't included that's right. You know, because, you know, he heals one person, but what about those people we never heard about? Yeah, it's an example you know?
1: of the 140,000 others. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I just, <laughs> I want to hear those stories. So, well, here we are, Mark chapter 10. Um, we're going to start in verse 13, and this is where. Uh, some parents bring their little kids. Well, to first Jesus. of all,
1: let me just ask the folks out there: think for just a moment if you don't have any kids, mm-hmm. okay, you're kidless, and all of a sudden here come a bunch of parents with their kids.
0: Okay, yeah, you
1: know, think about being in church and you're trying to listen to the sermon, and there's about forty kids in there screaming and crying. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm giving you the disciples' perspective on this coming in before you go there. Now you can go there.
0: All right. So one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. (laughs) When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. (laughs) For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these little children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. When he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads, uh, or then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Wow, wouldn't it have been great to be one of those kids? It's like, I wonder what happens with the rest of that life. You know, Jesus puts his hand on you and blesses you.
1: Well, I I think it was an exciting day for the parents and for the kids, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, especially the way he... Elevated the children and the children's attitude to being first or tops or best in the kingdom mm-hmm. because they're needy. They can't do anything for themselves and they just got nothing but faith. Right. And uh, the disciples, they just see a noisy bunch of rugrats coming to bother him uh, from doing this healing and doing his teaching ministry. So yeah. uh, you can see uh, the emphasis that Jesus puts on people doesn't matter if they're children or if they're older or if they're sick or if they're well or male or female. Jesus elevates everybody to such a wonderful position.
0: So, Jack, what does it mean to approach the kingdom of God like like one of these children? What does that mean?
1: To approach the kingdom of God like one of these children, just kind of innocently not knowing what in the world you're doing. You're right.
0: Yeah, it's it's having... um, a trust that it's always going to be there because I think of like of the little kid, you know, um, and, and unfortunately not every child has a life like this. There are a lot of kids that grow up um, in extreme poverty or sure. grow up um, without a parent or without uh, t- two parents or whatever it is. Um, and, and maybe they don't have the same kind of security, but I'm telling you, like when I was a little boy, um, I would go to bed expecting that I'm going to wake up in the morning. Um, there's going to be food in the refrigerator. Yep. Um, you know, my mom's going to take care of me. She's going to ask me at the end of the day when I get home from school, how was your day at school? All these little things that, that you trusted that were just going to be there. You had no idea how it all happened.
1: Well, a lot of times, like, like just, my mom yeah. was the type of mom that, um, she, you know, there's a cherry pie and you get your piece of cherry pie and there's one left and you still... Want more, but your mom didn't get any. But you say I want some more cherry pie, and she gives you the last piece of cherry pie and doesn't take it for herself. Uh, that's the kind of parent, you know, that that's I. That's
0: how your mom stayed skinny. That, uh, yeah, that's how she did. It.
1: <laughs> but then you have a friend, and, you know, and I did. I had a friend. You go over to his house, mm-hmm. and it's lunchtime, and he's and he says, "Hey, let's go get something to eat." And t- true story. You go in, he opens the refrigerator, he gets out the bread and the mayonnaise. And I said, where's the bologna? Well, we can't have the bologna. Why not? Well, that's dad's. Dad gets the bologna. He he gets his sandwiches made and he takes them to work. And so I had a mayonnaise sandwich for the first time in my life and thought to myself, my mom and dad would have given the bologna off their own plate. Wow. Or for your friend or something. Anyway, just kind of an interesting childlike sure. perspective. I, I'm not trying to judge that no, not that at all person, but it was just interesting uh, how I appreciated and and loved my mom and dad for the gifts they gave and for the yeah. sacrifices that they made.
0: And you just knew with a childlike trust that it, that it was going to be yeah, there. They
1: were going to take care of you.
0: Yeah. I think that's what it is to approach Jesus like a child. You've got to believe that he's always there. Even in your darkest moments, he is always there. Um, that's what it is to enter the kingdom like a child. Um, all right, Jack, you ready to move on? Sure. All right, so the next part here, it's a little bit longer, and this, uh, they've got the little subtext above it that, you know, is, of course, not in the original text, but I like it. It tells us what's well, happening. I think
1: before you go into yeah. the story, the rich young ruler, it's yeah. quite a contrast.
0: Very much. To be looking
1: at uh, helpless children, right, who um, just coming in faith and a confident older young man mm-hmm. who's coming in confidence. Yes. And uh, approaching Jesus maybe in a different spirit or a different heart. Very much. R- quite a contrast.
0: So here we are, Mark 10, 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. (laughs) Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away, sad, for he had many possessions. Wow. Well.
1: So, so when you come to Jesus, and uh, you come in belief, you come ready to give all lay it all down, leave it all behind, and follow him. And this young man, he had some confidence. He was the leader. He was the guy that was first in line. He was uh, the leader of the pack. He had all of these. You got to give him some credit. He's got some pretty good virtues. I mean, he respected Jesus. He calls him good. I mean, he comes with respect and those kinds of things. But the problem is... He's banking on his own talent, his own ability, Mm -hmm. his own deeds, and he's left grace out of the picture.
0: He's believing the lie and the misconception that you can get your salvation through yourself. Um, And I I think that's part of what Jesus came to do. Reveal to the Pharisees uh, that the blindness, the hardness of their heart, uh, was that the law was never intended as your means to salvation. Our salvation uh, has always been through grace. It's always been through God's mercy. Um, that was the whole point of the sacrifices and the day of atonement and the the blood shed. Uh, you know, all of the, the millions of lambs that were sacrificed over the centuries. Um, those were all the foreshadowing of yeah. Jesus' sacrifice, because we're not saved by what we no. do.
1: No. Well, there's, there's not enough that we could ever no. get. Uh, it made me think of a story about the guy that comes to, to Jesus or comes to some guy and says, uh, how much would it cost to, um, to, to get eternal life? Said, well, it's, it's very expensive. Well, how much would it cost me? Well, you know, it, I don't know. You're, you're rich. I know you're a rich person, but I don't know if you've got this much money. And uh, he says, well, how much is it? And he says, well, it'll cost you a million dollars. Oh, I got that. And he says, here, I'll just unload my bank account. You can have it. Oh, well, the arithmetic's a little bit different in heaven. Everything you just gave me, that's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Now, where do you get the other 999000 Yeah, Because you can't. You can't buy it. You don't have enough. You'll never have enough. You can never do enough. And I think that that's the problem with this poor guy. Uh, He's got virtue. He's got respect for authority. He's got all of that. He's got some wisdom. But the empty spot, there's an empty spot. And it's a bad one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's an uncertain future. It's not knowing where you're going, and that's a bad spot to be in when you get to the end, right? Right. And he wanted to know. He wanted that spot filled. Lord, what must I do? Well, that's the wrong question. What must I do? You can't do anything. What you have to do is you have to surrender to to the grace of God. So
0: Yeah. That is a good little segue into the next part. So... All right, so Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them, but Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Um, The disciples were astonished. Then who in the world can be saved they asked and Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Uh, the unspoken part that I hear there is even raising people from the dead. Right. Uh, um, then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you. He said, and, and, and he, Peter in this moment, he's thinking, Oh, Jesus said, all you got to do is sell all you got, give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And Peter's like, we've done that. We've done that. You know, well,
1: my point <laughs> is the difference between price and cost, yeah. what it costs, oh, yeah. you know, you may be confused here. Yeah. You know, the price is everything. Well, what does it cost? Right.
0: The cost, fortunately, isn't paid by the rich, wrong ruler right. or by you or me. The cost is paid by Jesus in full. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. <laughs> it's like you had to throw that one in there. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. Uh, but many who are the greatest now will be least important then and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then.
1: There's the contrast of the little children yeah. who come by faith and a rich guy who comes on his own merit mm-hmm. right So, the, and the problem is Jesus even gave him a, a price and he wasn't willing to pay it and I think Jesus knew that don't you? Oh yeah. I think Jesus saw something in this this young man. I think he saw something he liked. Well, he loved him. It says that, and Jesus loved him, and I think he wanted him to be willing to to give his all for him. And I think it saddens Jesus, don't you, when uh, he lays out his life and says, "Come to me, lay out your life, and I'll give you eternal life," and we're not willing. To pay that price.
0: I think part of the issue with, you know, when he says it's hard for a rich rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, um, it's because when you've got all your needs satisfied, do you really feel the need for Jesus? You know, think about the times when people pray. Think about the times when people go to church. I mean, I, I think back to um, the Sunday after 9-11, Oh, wow. I bet church attendance was an all-time record high in America on that Sunday. Um, why? Was it because the people had all their needs met and felt satisfied and, you know, were puffed up in themselves? No. It's because they had a sense of desperation. They had a sense of loss and a sense of need for God. Um I'm telling you what, we all need to have that kind of sense about Jesus all the time because the reality is we are impoverished. When he says, you know, in the Matthew, in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. you got to realize, I've got to realize, I'm in spiritual poverty. I'm, I am totally bankrupt spiritually without Jesus
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a bet. I'm going to do something and just cross my mind. Okay, I'm going to do something here. Mike, can you come here? You need to come here because I'm making a bet. That's
0: okay, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make him do something he's uncomfortable with.
1: Well, he just made me be on his thing. Well, yeah, he's
0: but he hasn't done working. his hair this morning. Yeah, he
1: doesn't have any hair. No. If you were to ask most people... Most people, I would say most people, a lot of people in America, what's, what's heaven going to be? Describe heaven. Mm. What are you looking forward to get to heaven? Yeah. Most would say something like, oh, streets of gold, gates of pearl. They might mention something like that, the throne. If you ask somebody in a foreign land, the reason I was asking Mike to come, he's been in a third world country. You've been in third world countries. I've been in a third world country, and all three of us would probably say that if you would ask most children what would heaven be to them, it would be something more like not to be hungry, because that's their experience. All they know is that they go to bed hungry. But if I was to ask Mike, or you, or myself, what is heaven to you, what would all three of us say? It's being in the presence of Jesus that's what heaven is to us and uh, it's
0: never being hungry spiritually
1: yeah it's being in you're the going to be filled and be filled forever and ever. right
0: yeah well and I, and I look forward to just all of the flaws and imperfections being gone and I don't mean physical I mean yeah, I do mean that but that's not the, the main thing the main thing is all the little things I don't like about myself you know uh, the thoughts that go sideways uh, that, you know, when I get angry or frustrated and I have to rein that in. Um, I'm looking forward to Jesus being the answer for all that stuff. I, I want that new mind and the new way of thinking. Um, and, and I think that he wants that for all of us. And, and obviously, you know, we work on that now. And the reason why we're still flawed and imperfect, even though we have the Holy Spirit, is because we still have flesh We still have the earthly temptations, and we still live in this fallen world. Yeah. 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 So, I think we kind of hit it there. There we go. Many who are the greatest now will be the least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Um, You know... Bible talks about laying up your treasures in heaven and, uh, people, you know, we, we have a tendency and I think part of it's just because of our, our Western culture and, and, um, you know, we really live in a culture of affluence, even though there's still poverty. I mean, what's poverty in the U S is, uh, doing all right. If you're in central India, um, and, uh, other parts of the world, it's, so when we think of treasures, we tend to make it material, okay? But when I went to Haiti, and we're, we're dealing with these, these little kids and, and these families, and I think they're the treasures. I think when you get to heaven, the treasures in heaven are going to be the lives that you've touched, um, the people who maybe have gotten closer to God because of something that you did or said. Um,
1: Listen, we we in Haiti, the people wanted to have an, a, a meal for us. It was a very simple meal. They have very little. There was a, a bowl of soup. And uh, I got I have to be honest here. Uh, I had a hard time with it because when I stuck my spoon in the soup, there was a chicken foot. In it, the meat that they had to flavor the soup was the foot of the chicken. And you think about that, just a moment. And uh, so it kind of went, I don't know about that. And there was this little guy standing over there watching me. And I looked over at him, and I couldn't speak his language, but I did one of those, you want the soup? And he lit up, and he came over, and he got the soup, but he didn't eat the soup. He took the soup off around the corner and he had two little brothers and he offered the soup to his two little brothers to the three of them just gorged themselves on that one bowl of soup and I think that's the difference you say the last will be first I think some people unfortunately get to the gates of heaven and St. Peter says, line up, and all the important people here, all of the rich young rulers are going to be right up in the front. And then the more humble you know, ones that kind of don't deserve and are just thankful for his grace will be toward the back. And then Simon Peter goes, about face! And everybody turns around, and the last going first, and the first going last."
0: I was dumb, but I always thought it. <laughs> it works. I it mean, works. It gives you the idea. <clears throat> I think you got that out of second hesitation. Today. Is that what it was? Yeah. First, so, fir- first, yeah. Wow. Anyway, I just look forward to being there. You know, I don't care where I am in the line as long as I'm in the line. Um, so... Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We love you. We hope you're enjoying this little march through the book of Mark. Um, And we look forward to talking with you next time.